Welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and my guest on today's episode is Dr. Stephen Kupferman. Dr. Kupferman is an oral and maxillofacial surgeon in Los Angeles, California, and he is also the founder and CEO of Medva, which has pioneered the use of virtual assistance in dental and medical practices. In our conversation, we cover all the ins and outs of using virtual assistance inside a dental practice, how it works, how much it costs, and it's becoming more and more common in the post-COVID world. As a reminder, you can get all the information discussed in today's conversation by visiting our website, which is DentistExit.com, and from there, click on the podcast tab. And if you're a dentist and you're interested in taking the first step to find your eventual exit from active practice and moving towards financial independence, whether you think you're three months or 30 years away, let's start a conversation. You can schedule a discovery call with me by going to DentistExit.com, clicking on the Schedule Meeting tab in the top right corner of the main page. And with that introduction, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Stephen Kupferman. All right, Dr. Stephen Kupferman, welcome to Dentists, Puns, and Money. I am excited to hear your story, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So my favorite place to, to start is just uh, with some background for the audience. Could you share a little bit on kind of your history and how you got to this current point of your career? Sure. So um, I grew up in New York. I went to college at uh, Yeshiva University in Manhattan. From there, I went to dental school at Harvard. I was there for four years. When I finished, I uh, was accepted to the UCLA Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery Program, which is a combined program with the medical school. I did two more years of medical school. And then uh, I did my uh, year of general surgery, which was followed by a combined three years of oral and maxillofacial surgery. And then when I finished, I worked for uh, a local large uh, health management organization, Kaiser Permanente, for a couple of years. And then I uh, opened a private practice in oral and maxillofacial surgery in Los Angeles, where I've been for the last 13 years or so, 12, 13 years. Okay. And then uh, along the way, I um, uh, was fortunate enough to, uh, to start Medva, which is a uh, virtual assistant uh, company that uh, provides virtual assistance for uh, medical and dental offices. And I started that a couple of years ago. And um, the rest of my time I spent with my family. Okay. It sounds like uh, between private practice and seeing patients and then uh, having another out, a company outside of that that you run that would keep you pretty busy and then the rest is with uh, wife and kids? Exactly. The rest of the time is, uh, is with the wife and kids. Uh, maybe uh, just to expand on that a little bit, could you share a little bit more information about Medva and what uh, service that offers the medical and dental community? Sure. So Medva is a, uh, is a company that uh, recruits uh, very talented medical professionals, uh, mostly from the Philippines and South America, who provide services, uh, workforce services to medical and dental uh, and any sort of healthcare office for anything that can be done remotely, which was a much harder sell before the pandemic. Uh, and, and, and of course, since the pandemic, most people are able to realize how much work can be done remotely. We, uh, we use people mostly, again, from the Philippines uh, because their country is very healthcare-centered. That's the industry and their company and their country. English is the first language there. And so, um, so Medva provides um, and recruits uh, very talented people from uh, the Philippines and, and from South America for offices that require Spanish speaking. 
uh, workforce, and um, we we land them in doctors and dentists' offices, uh, and uh, and that's really what Medva does. So, what's a practical example of that? My audience for the podcast is mostly dental. You know, when I walk into my dentist's office, I see a couple people sitting at the front desk, sometimes two or three. They're checking new patients in and out, or they're helping schedule patients who have just figured finished their appointment. What's sort of a practical example so people could kind of wrap their mind around how this role would fit in sort of a modern day dental practice? So, for the real small dental offices, you know, there's there's never enough time to get all the work done. A lot of the offices run on one one front office person, and for the most part, the easiest way for a dental office to get started with a virtual assistant would be to have them do any sort of insurance and insurance credentialing related duties. So for so for the real small office, they they can be doing any benefits that that needs to be obtained from an insurance provider, speaking on the phone with any insurance company, adjudicating any insurance claims that come through, and, and that's the certainly the easiest way to get started. And some small offices may not have enough business for that. Larger offices, of course, could have one or two people doing that. So that's kind of the you know the easiest way for a dental office to get started with a virtual assistant. And then, of course, the larger offices are dealing with, you know, insurance claims, telephones that need to be answered, a hygiene recall that needs to be done on a regular basis, uh, you know, calling patients, fitting them into a hygiene, hygienist schedule, any kind of recall for patients uh, that is needed. So virtual assistants can, can really do any of that. And then if you have you know, much larger dental offices, you know, appointment confirmations uh, that, you know, you're not trusting your electronic appointment confirmation because it, maybe it's a large full mouth uh, prep you know case you want somebody to you know contact them or or, or or whatever it may be you know larger offices oftentimes need somebody to answer phone calls when when call volume is really high so so those are the the easiest ways to get a virtual assistant to start working in the office so it's sort of starts oftentimes on a smaller scale, more, I guess, what I would call the back office, where you have people that are dealing with insurance companies directly on behalf of the, of the office or of the clinic. And then as demand or flow increases, perhaps a virtual assistant or more virtual assistants could be added to a practice to be more in communication with patients on an active basis? Correct. Yeah. So the one interesting thing about the dental office is that our back office is your front office and your front office is our back office. So when we say back office, we're usually talking about like the dental assistants who are in the back of the office. So these in the dental office, since your audience is mostly dentists, in the dental office, this is this is uh, work that's done in the front office. Okay. So the person who's you know at the front, uh, front uh, the front greeting you know greeting patients, answering you know answering calls. Uh, handling insurance-related matters, insurance claims, uh, benefits to see how much your dental insurance has left on the year, and calling to make sure that that wasn't used up, up already, and handling billing, you know, billing and collections, uh, sending you know statements to patients, uh, collecting on that, uh, handling uh, mail and accounts payable, and 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 things like that can all be done for uh, you know by by a virtual assistant. Okay, you are an active actively practicing oral surgeon. You are involved in a private practice and you have uh, several other doctors or oral surgeons that you practice with. My understanding is uh, this company, the formation of it came out of a problem that you guys had within your own private practice. Maybe share a little bit about uh, the story behind how this sort of came to be there. Sure. 
I, you know, managed the the day to day of um, of my practice for for many years, uh, and as we continued uh, to grow from when I first started from one employee uh, to thirty five or so employees, as the person kind of running the day to day, I realized that this wasn't really sustainable, and it was by far the hardest part of my job. I could do basically all aspects of oral and maxillofacial surgery with without really thinking much. Uh, but, but managing people, their lives, their, their, their family lives, their personal lives on a day-to-day basis, um, at 35 or 40 was, it just became too much. And, um, I, I needed to figure out a way to, to, um, to handle that because as things get more and more complicated, your first instinct is I need another person. I need another person. I need another person. And so, but that actually makes things even harder. And so, um, so we, it just got to the point where I said, okay, I, I can't, I, you know, we, we can't keep bringing more and more people here. Forget the fact that the real estate in California is so expensive and just housing them and keeping them in the office and finding space for them and computers and telephones and all that just became just, you know, too expensive, too much risk, uh, too time consuming. And so I just started kind of, you know, looking around and, and reading and, and I had, um, came across um, the use of virtual assistants. Again, this is pre-pandemic and uh, pre-anybody really knowing what Zoom was. And I started and I hired my first virtual assistant. And I realized that this was just incredible. You had healthcare professionals whose first language is English, who are, you know, at the highest level of non- uh, non-licensed healthcare professionals. So these are mostly RNs who are able to basically do all the functions in my office that I was hiring, you know, post high school people to do. And uh, I just realized, wow, this is, this is incredible. You know, their respect for medicine, um, their respect for, you know, the American doctor, uh, their knowledge base was just so broad that I realized that this was really the future. So I actually decided to go to the Philippines to actually meet my virtual assistants and see what I can do to get this out to people that I knew because I just felt like it was almost such a secret you know as a as a physician as a dentist you know all of the insurance companies were were doing this already you know and I I said wow you know I'm so far behind them that there you know how could I possibly even catch up and and, and have a workforce that they have on their end reviewing my claims when I'm just trying to get them out with the few people that I can fit into my office. And so I, I went there and I met my virtual assistants and I just saw, I saw buildings that, that were, you know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield and Aetna and Cigna, like they have buildings of people there who are, you know, working, reviewing our claims, you know, and, I, and I'm sending them out with one, you know, with one person. There's no way we can win any claim denial battles. It's just their workforce will out, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like war, you know, they had too many, they had a much bigger army than, than I did. And so I just realized, wow, okay, I'm not, this is, you know, this is the future. I met them and, you know, their respect for, for doctors is just, you know, th- th- you know, not something we see here in this country anymore. And, uh, and so, um, I just, uh, you know, I, I just went all in. I said, I have to, I have to get a company going. I have to do this. I have to, t- you know, tell all my friends about it and, you know, help them survive private practice of medicine and dentistry. And so, and, and, you know, the rest is really history. I, you know, brought in a partner and, 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 and really the rest is history. Um, you know, we have a, a team of, of people recruiting, uh, virtual assistants, uh, in the Philippines. And, uh, we have, you know, many clients here in the U S who are using them on a day-to-day basis to run their, uh, dental offices, 
uh, orthodontic offices, endodontic off not endodontic, but periodontal periodontal offices, general uh, dental offices, and then uh, of course we have a you know a, a huge medical side as well. So this might be a little bit too in the weeds, and we'll, I have several follow up questions to to some of that information. But so as it stands right now, does Medva have sort of a, an international headquarters or an office space, you are hiring all these virtual assistants to come and work? Or how does that work on the other side of the ocean, I guess, if you will? So one of the the best parts of this is that we are able to have all of our virtual assistants work remotely. Okay. So, so they all work from home. And um, it's a tremendous advantage for us because they're also dealing with the great resignation in the Philippines. And they also want to work from home and spend more time with their family and not uh, commute. I know you're from Iowa, so I'm not sure how much you know about traffic, but <laughs> it's not as bad here as it is in LA or probably the Philippines, but right. So yeah. LA traffic does not, does not compare to the Philippines. It's, it's way worse in Manila. Oh, wow. So, so, so they don't want to, they, they don't want to sit in traffic and we're able to pay them more to to work from home they still work the hours of our clients offices so and the doctors that you know whether they're on the east coast or in the west coast or you know in the middle of the country uh, here in the u.s the virtual assistants are going to work remotely from their home those hours we don't have like you know corporate offices uh, we, we don't need corporate offices um, we have a, it's a virtual company all of our virtual assistants work from home uh, we have some that we will be able to use some uh, shared workspaces there in the philippines as we continue to grow but by and large, um, everybody is working uh, remotely from home. Okay, interesting. We have a, a very large administrative team that that also works remotely um, from the Philippines. Um, that that runs, you know, the a lot of the the day to day operations and the recruiting, the educating, the training of all the virtual assistants, then the placement, and then handling the the sales side of the clients as well. As well. How does the time difference? factor in to the Philippines to East Coast, West Coast, the United States? So the the time difference doesn't factor in at all. They're working the graveyard shift, which which many of them are used to because they're healthcare providers. So most the vast majority are nurses. And so they're they're used to working, you know, there's no nurse that has not worked from seven PM to seven AM. So they do that. And and a lot of them are, you know, younger and they're they're actually very happy to do that because it gives them the opportunity to, you know, be with their kids when the kids wake up in the morning, they take them to school and then they go home and go to sleep while their kids are in school. And then they wake up, you know, pick their kids up from school or the other, you know, the spouse picks up the kids from school. They have dinner together and the kids go to sleep and they go to work, you know, in, in the small little, you know, home office there. So um, it's, it's very, it's very attractive and appealing to them to have a, a job like that. So how big of a problem has getting good help become for dental offices, medical offices. And you mentioned some of your problems that you had trying to manage people and not only attract good people, but also retain good people to handle some of the jobs and the tasks that you referenced earlier. Or have you found that it wasn't just you guys, it was it was more widespread than, than just uh, your practice? Well, you know, when I first started, it was a lot easier to find people to work to work in the typical dental office job. That has dramatically changed in the last 12 to you know, 24 months. Uh, you used to be able to put an ad out on anywhere, and you'd get you know a lot of resumes of you know post high school graduates who you know looking to get into the medical field, uh, whether it be as a medical assistant, as an MA, or as a dental assistant. You know, you would get tons and tons of applications, and you you know you'd have to you know you'd sift through them, and then you'd contact them for interviews, and then you know many of the times they would show up, and that has changed 
significantly that entire part of the U.S. population has moved beyond working in the typical dental office. And that, that's been a big part of the great resignation. That, that's probably part of the great resignation that suffered the most is that level because, you know, the typical dental office, you usually had somebody who was an entry level type position working there. Um, and that's where you would get your, you know, your, your employees. They would, they would usually be entry level. And that whole level of the workforce here in the U.S. has now moved up. And so either the dental office is, is, is paying one and a half, you know, 50% to 100% more than they did two years ago for that position, or they just simply can't find people for that position. And that's becoming a, a tremendous problem. I've heard it from almost every single colleague I've spoken to. Um, and it's, it's just well known to be occurring right now, particularly in dentistry, uh, but also in, you know, in medicine, uh, but, but certainly more in, in dentistry because the, you know, the majority of dentists are private practice and they, they don't have these large recruiting, you know, hospital based recruiting uh, agencies that are, you know, finding people to work in the office. So, so the dental office is suffering from the inability to, to, to find uh, good employees because of the great resignation. So I'm thinking of a couple benefits with this service just off the top of my head. One we've kind of touched on is that not only is staffing an issue for a lot of smaller dental practices, because you have some staff that will move to the practice across town for another dollar an hour. You also have the challenge of, of hiring people as W-2 employees right now, where, you know, you got to do payroll and you got to do background checks. And if they don't work out or they're not a good fit, then you expose yourself to the risk of litigation. Your service, I would imagine, and maybe you can touch on some of the, the benefits or some of the things that, that helps mitigate would help avoid a lot of those potential problems in terms of the time it takes to, to do that, but then also some of the risks that's associated with hiring people as direct employees. So yeah, you know, you, if you just put, forget the, the cost differential that hiring a virtual assistant from Medva is going to cost you, just the basic number is going to be half of what the hourly rate is going to be. For, if you just put all that aside, in today's day, just the ability to find people is going to save you know hours and, and and tremendous amounts of money just trying to find somebody. Uh, whereas if you call Medva and you say, "Hey, I need you know somebody to do benefit verification for my for my uh, periodontal office," you know we'll have three people you know three resumes sent to you within a day, and then uh, you know then you'll interview that you'll you'll review the resumes. They have a video resume. You'll you know you'll you'll interview them on a Zoom a day later and. They can be working for you a day or so after that because we have a, uh, an entire pipeline of people that are that are ready to just start working that have gone through our training or what we call Medva University. Mm. So, and, and we've built out a, a dental platform for them to be trained on dental uh, offices and dental terminology as well. So, so that's the first you know that's the first benefit to be able to find people, and then the um, the second benefit is is really retaining people the job is so great they're, they're getting you know 50% more than they would if they were working in a local hospital and uh, they can stay home and work from home they don't have to do you know the tasks that an RN may do in a skilled nursing facility or a, a dental assistant uh, working in a dental office uh, next to suction machines or, or, or whatever it may be chair side assisting and uh, and so because the job is so great um, and we're leveraging American dollars they're, they're very happy to stay and the retention is great and then what you touched on mitigating uh, employment laws in certainly in the state of California, many other states, um, the employment laws are, are really forcing people to use virtual assistants uh, and uh, remote employees um, who are working um, outside of the United States, which is, um, 
you know, which mitigates a tremendous amount of, um, of exposure uh, that offices have. Um, you know, firing somebody is very difficult in the U.S., certainly in states like California. So the risk there is, is really significant. So, you know, not that we are happy to terminate any uh, virtual assistants, but, you know, we don't, have, we don't have the same kind of risks when a virtual assistant is not performing. If they're not performing, then, you know, they can be terminated at any time by, by the dentist. And so the virtual assistants, just to clarify, are employees or independent contractors of MEDVA, and then a dental practice or a medical practice would contract directly with MEDVA in exchange or to have uh, virtual assistants supplied to them? Yeah, something like that. We sort of supply the the virtual assistant, and it's it's very much like that. I mean, we have you know client contracts and stuff, but the contracts are not binding in such a way that you can't terminate your virtual assistant at any time. But yes, they're independent contractors. We just match them with the dentist office. Okay. And so is the dentist is paying Medva directly or the doctor would be paying or the doctor's office would be paying Medva directly for the services provided, correct? Correct. Gotcha. The doctor's office pays us and then we pay them. We give them their, their retirement, their healthcare plan, et cetera. We handle all that. And is an office usually working with the same medical uh, or the virtual assistant most of the time or talk about the continuity maybe that's involved that would be a benefit probably when somebody's on vacation you don't have to worry about that anymore is it sort of plug and play for lack of a better term so the virtual assistant that, that you choose will be your virtual assistant until you decide to not have them work for you any longer they're going to be there on your hours on your time they work specifically for you there's no interchangeability with somebody else it's not like you know there, there's going to be somebody else fitting in the next day if you decide to terminate your virtual assistant then we'll bring somebody else in but but otherwise that person is working for you every day what's the process that you guys you touched on a little bit and maybe just highlight it again uh, of making sure that these virtual assistants are trained correctly properly for the role that they'll be in and then also on the other side of the table, how are you communicating or working with dental practices or medical offices to determine what their needs are to for a match for a virtual assistant? We have a, a pool of virtual assistants that we've recruited that we train. We put them through several weeks of training uh, where um, they learn you know, more or less everything that they would need to know to, to start in an office. At which point, which, which gives us the ability to have a large number of people ready when uh, somebody calls. When a dental office calls us, we'll have, you know, 20 people that are going through our training process at any given time. So we'll be able to give resumes of, of those, say, 20 or so people to uh, a dental office that's calling us. When an assistant, let's say they don't work out or they move on, or I guess maybe they don't, I don't know what the vacation policy is in, in the Philippines, but I'm just thinking in through the lens of the United States, like somebody's on maternity leave for three months, well, everyone else has to pick up a slack or you have to yeah. figure out a solution to that. I'm thinking through your solution, that would be a little bit easier to navigate. Oh, um, yeah, it would be, it'd be super simple. They would just let our recruiters know, hey, I'm taking off three months to have a baby. You know, I, I let Dr. You know, Dr. Smith know, and um, you know, he'd like to have somebody else come in and I'll train him for the next two weeks or, or whatever it may be. And then we'll go back and I'll, I'll come back to my, my position. So that can be done at any time. You know, there's, there's a lot less kind of calling out by, by virtual assistants um, than there are, um, you know, sort of in, in the office jobs for obvious reasons. There's maybe this is just a California thing, but there's a lot more sort of respect for the value that you, that the, the employee provides to the business such that when you're not there, things, you know, 
come to a halt in some ways. And mostly that's because most offices don't have that much overlap of positions because of the expense associated with it. For virtual assistants, there, there's a lot less of the sort of call out and you know, I'm, not, I'm not available type of thing. You know, I've, I've, had, I've had people, uh, virtual assistants of mine, sort of send me their grandma's death certificate to sort of verify that they're taking that day off for the funeral just because they have, you know, I think a tremendous respect for, for their position. And, and, and some of that may be the employer's fault. <laughs> you know, sometimes doctors, uh, you know, don't uh, show their appreciation to their, you know, employees as often as they may or, or should. And, and a lot of that's because they're doctors and they're, you know, they're working too. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like there's some uh, big CEO, you know, running the organization and, you know, and he's sitting at a desk, you know, the, the doctors, they're working just as much as the staff is. And sometimes you don't necessarily realize that these are people who are working for you, really. Not that they're not sitting, I mean, they're sitting right next to you and they're working with you, but they're actually working for you. So sometimes that's the doctor's fault too. So yeah, I think that that's uh what I hear you saying, there's a, a high level of commitment and dedication on the other side with the virtual assistants, at least in your experience so far. The Philippines is a, is a country that uh, is very healthcare focused. That's the industry in their country. Many of the hospitals in this country are run, staffed by people from the Philippines who have decided to come to the United States. There's many people who stayed there because they wanted to stay in their country and uh, they're equally as talented and equally as knowledgeable. And uh, and and they and they would be very happy to work for you know the uh, the typical medical office or dental office and yet stay in their country and uh, and so um so they they're they're very focused on healthcare they're very focused on customer service and so it it just makes for a very uh, you know a great partnership so two three things I wanted to hit on before uh, we wrap up our time today uh, security was one thing that was top of mind for me both from a HIPAA perspective and then also from an information and IT technology what sort of steps have you guys taken to to mitigate the risk associated there so yeah I mean we take the same the same uh, the same steps uh, that that you would take for anybody working in your office uh, with respect to HIPAA and for you know any dental office now has some version of an IT person, whether they're remote or whether they're uh, only there when they do the installation and they do such a good job, you never really see them again. But they, you know, they handle the computers. Um, every office has some some form of computer now, whether it's the x-rays or... So HIPAA is, you know, obviously very important for any office and you have to take steps to mitigate any sort of uh, uh, HIPAA risk uh, in your office. Um, all of our virtual assistants uh, go through HIPAA training on the MEDVA uh, side. We tell all of our uh, dental and medical offices that um, since you're going to be going through HIPAA training with all your staff every year, you need to include your virtual assistants in, in that as well. Because the Philippines is uh, a country that is um, that their main industry in healthcare or in addition to healthcare is um, providing services, um, uh, remote services for the United States and, and other countries, they don't want bad press of having some sort of HIPAA violation or some sort of security breach. And so, unlike the U.S., the rules uh, and the laws for violation of that are way more strict. You know, here in the U.S., if you have some sort of HIPAA violation by one of your staff members, probably if you if you fire them, you probably could get sued for firing them. Whereas there, you probably, I believe, you go to jail. There's actually jail time for HIPAA violations. Mm. So the laws are very stringent. But you know, there are risks on both. You know, both if you have somebody working in your office, and you have risks for somebody who is working uh, 
you know, we're working remotely. So the risks are, are, are definitely there from a HIPAA perspective and from a, you know, personal health information perspective and, you know, from any sort of security perspective, just as much as they are in your office right now, any office can get um, hacked by anybody at any time. Um, and so you have to just be careful whether you have a virtual assistant or not. And then in terms of the the pricing structure or the service model that's included there, can can you start with just one virtual assistant and build from there, or maybe just some some background on what it would cost from uh, from the practices perspective to start using virtual assistants through Medba? Yeah, you can hire um, somebody, uh, one person. We generally ask for you to hire them full time because this is their job. This is uh, you know this is how they make their living. They would have to you know split their time, and everybody wants them at the same time. So we generally ask you to have them minimum of thirty hours. Personally, I I, I feel if you're going to have somebody and you want them to be dedicated to you wholeheartedly, then you know have them work for you know forty hours a week. But we we we'll, we'll, I think we do offer thirty because we have some people that want to only work 30, 30 hours a week. So we we ask that you have them for at least thirty hours a week. You only need to start with one. You, you know, uh, even just a regular office that just needs somebody to do just a small amount of uh, administrative tasks. You know, a, a dental office that just needs administrative tasks, hygiene, recall, insurance stuff. You know, you can get somebody for thirty hours, and it's ten dollars an hour. There's no contract. If it doesn't work out after a month or two months, you, you can just call us and say, "Hey, you know, it's just not working out. I don't have enough time for them, or whatever it may be." They're they're going to need some training in your office because um, whether you're using Dentrix or you know wh- whichever you know software you're using in your office, they they'll have a little bit of knowledge of, but they're going to need to know what your you know what your specific EMR is or, or dental records are. They're going to need to know, you know, what makes Dr. Smith different. You know, you you want to onboard them just like you want to onboard anybody who's coming to work in your office. The good thing is, is that when you onboard your first virtual assistant, they'll record it and then they can just pass that on to the next person if you, you know, anticipate needing to hire more and more. So you don't have to play that phone tag game where you need to train every single person that's coming through. So yeah, there's there's no contract. You can you can start with one person and and go from there. So we're wrapping up with our recording window today, but uh, anything that I haven't asked you about, I've tried to hit on the major topics, but is there anything that I've missed that you think would be important to convey about Medva and the service that you guys offer? I don't think so. I think you asked all the all the right <laughs> questions. I think I gave you all the, all the right answers. For any dentists that are, that are listening that are interested in learning more about Medva and how they might be able to implement virtual assistance in their practice, what's the best first step to find out more information? Yeah, just go to uh, www.medva.com. www.medva.com, medva.com. That is Dr. Stephen Kupferman, oral surgeon and virtual medical staffing expert, Dr. Kupferman. Thank you for sharing your expertise and for being a guest on Dentists, Puns, and Money. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Dentists, Puns, and Money. For more information about my day job, which is guiding dentists to their financial off-ramp from active practice, you can visit DentistExit.com. And there, you can find more information about us, sign up for our email newsletter, or schedule a discovery call with Sean. That's me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and also please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. As for the boring legal stuff, Dentist Exit Planning and Terrell Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. 
The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Dentist Exit Planning or Terrell Advisors, LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell, and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results.